Hello and welcome back to the workbench. This is where we discuss ceiling fan history, trivia, and technical information. Today we're going to talk about old Jacksonville and all of the related companies. Now, this has been a topic that has been requested multiple times and I've been neglecting it for two reasons. One is I thought it would be very difficult to trace the chronology. You know, the fans were sold as this name here and this name here and this year and that year. Turned out not to be the case for the most part. Second of all, I thought we already knew everything. Also, in a big way, turned out not to be the case. So let's get into it. So, in order to start our story, we have to go back in time. What I mean when I say that is, this is the first year of the fan company, we gotta go way before that, way before the first year of the company we're talking about. So, we're gonna go back to 1965. Cousin Manufacturing Co. of Nashville, Tennessee, a plastics maker that made toys, among other things, buys Nichols Industries Incorporated of Jacksonville, Texas, a toy gun manufacturer, and becomes Nichols Cousin. <clears throat> now, Nichols Industries of Jacksonville, Texas made cap guns. Uh, most of the people watching or listening to this probably aren't old enough to remember cap guns. They were a type of toy gun that used to be very popular when it used to be safer and more acceptable to play with toy guns. And you would put kind of a film in there and you would pull the trigger and they would make a loud bang and a bright flash and smoke, but nothing actually came out of the barrel of the gun. No bullet, no BB, nothing that could hurt anybody. But they were fun to play with because you pull the trigger and it, you know, sounds and looks <clears throat> just like a real gun. And you could, you know, scare somebody and you could play a realistic game of cops and robbers or whatever. Um, so they used to be a very popular toy. And uh, pre-World War II, they were cast out of iron. And after World War II, they were mainly cast out of zinc. And uh, I think most of you guys probably know that uh, most cast ceiling fan parts are cast out of zinc. So let's go forward into the future. In 1969, Bethlehem Steel buys Nichols Cousin, best known for their plastics, as an attempt to save the company as steel prices were falling. So I'm not going to talk a lot about Bethlehem Steel in this video because it would be a huge long video. Bethlehem Steel is a huge part of American history and you can Google them. Um, they were just a huge steel manufacturing company that really had footprints all over America. Um, they were famously put in a bid to provide the steel for the World Trade Center. Um, they were one of those companies that in their heyday, if you worked there, you were family and you got well paid, you got a gold watch and a great pension. And then when imported steel started coming in and the company started failing, um, it was a big fight between the unions who didn't want to see their, you know, widows lose their, their pension and their health care. And, you know, the management that was trying to save the company. And it just ended up being a very tragic downfall. Just one of those great and tragic American manufacturing stories. Um, again, there's lots out there on Google if you're interested in learning about them. We're not going to talk too much about them now. Um, just know that for the purpose of this video, they were a very, very big, very famous company that was known for the, for making steel. Um, but by the time our story starts in an attempt to keep the company, uh, you know, at their highest levels as steel prices are falling and as import steel is coming in, they diversified into other areas, starting with plastics to try to keep the company as profitable. And by this time, by 69, Nichols Cousin was best known as a great plastics manufacturer. Not just a toy company, but they could make anything you needed out of plastic. This was a company that you went to if you wanted anything made out of plastic. That'll be a factor as well. 
but keep in mind they still own the Nichols Industries uh, casting plant in Jacksonville, Texas. And that is important because in 1979, the newly formed Southern Fan Company contracts with Bethlehem Steel's Jacksonville, Texas plant for fan castings. Again, what do we need for fan castings? We need ca things cast out of primarily zinc. They have a zinc casting plant that was formerly used for cap guns. Not so many toy guns being sold as much by this point. Um, right down the street, essentially, from Southern Fan Company, Jacksonville, Texas, Tyler, Texas. So that's 1979. They start making fan parts for Southern Fan Company. In 1981, Nichols Cousin discontinues casting for Southern Fan and enters the fan business on their own. They're like, why are we making all this money for you guys when we could make this money for ourselves? And they go into the fan business. And uh, that's 1981. They start out with GE Motors. Their casting is done in-house because, again, that's the plant that they have is a casting plant. So they got to figure out the rest of the stuff. But the casting's already, you know, already great. They import the blades. Uh, all the way back to the beginning, the old Jacksonville blades are imported. Because keep in mind, Nichols Cousin is a huge company, and they're owned by Bethlehem Steel, which is a huge company. So there's lots of import-export already going on. So it was very easy for them to source blades for overseas. They use GE Motors. The castings are done in-house. The blades are imported. And, and when they first start out in 1981, they have two models. The Jackson, which is the S-Vent, you know, turret copy model and the Vicksburg, which is their ornate model. And I don't know that to be a copy of any other fan. It was a unique um, ornate fan. Doesn't really look like anything else on the market. And in 1981, they're primarily promoting and selling fans in Texas. Also in 1981, they separately incorporate Old Jacksonville and the Great American Ceiling Fan Company. Those are both owned by Nichols Cousin, but they are separately incorporated. Also in 1981, they trademark Old Jacksonville Great American Ceiling Fans, and The Five Blader. Which takes us to 1982. They introduce The Space Saver, which is a fan with a plastic housing, builder vents, and a low-profile canopy. First of all, again, Kuzin Manufacturing is a plastics company. They do injection molding, which is very uncommon and very expensive at that time. So they have the opportunity to make plastic fans pretty early in the game. <clears throat> That'll become significant a little bit later on. Also, I have my suspicions that this might have been the first builder fan of the vintage era or the ceiling fan renaissance or, you know, the 70s and 80s. Again, I think of the Emerson Trojan as the first builder fan offered back in the teens and 20s because it was a low-budget fan with the same narrow vents. I've been trying to trace down who actually did the first builder fan in the 80s. It was either Old Jacksonville or Lasco. Um, and I, I haven't really nailed down the timeline, but I think I'm going to give it to Old Jacksonville because they have the Space Saver with the Builder Vents and Low Profile Canopy. They also have the Trim Line, which is the same injection plastic houses, housing Builder Vents, but with a bell canopy. Both fans are offered in 38-inch, 42-inch, and 48-inch. They also introduced the Great American Five Blade, which is a 48-inch S-Vent fan with five blades. Also in 1982, they trademark... American Pride. And in 1982, they introduced American Pride ceiling fans. I always thought that American Pride and Old Jacksonville were separate companies, or after they stopped selling them as Old Jacksonville, they started selling them as American Pride. Nope. It was concurrent for most of the uh, time. And it was because Old Jacksonville, with it being a very Southern name and very Southern promotions, was primarily sold and promoted 
in Texas in the South, and then American Pride was primarily sold and promoted in the Midwest. And they had uh, they had Ed McMahon as their spokesman, who was very much a you know beloved. Uh, I don't know if he was from the Midwest. I, I guess I can look that up. But he was Johnny Carson's sidekick, and Johnny Carson was very much the epitome of uh, the Midwest. Uh, I'm going to look up Ed McMahon real quick. Because I, I don't actually know where he's from. And watch it be... Well, yeah, he's from Detroit, so he's a Midwesterner. So that makes a lot of sense. So, they introduce uh, the American Pride line of ceiling fans. And the only model that I've been able to find that's unique to American Pride as opposed to Old Jacksonville is called the uh, Five Blader, which is a builder vent, close mount, with five blades and the injection molded housing. They also sell the 48-inch Great American Five Blade, which is the S-Vent version, and the Vicksburg, the ornate model, was sold as both Old Jacksonville and American Pride. That's 1982. In 1983, the Jackson, which is the S-Vent with the long arms, as opposed to the, uh, the shorter arms that were on the Great American Five Blade, um, so the Jackson's a 52-inch fan, um, that now offers a five-blade option. That's 1983. 1983 is also the last year of the Vicksburg shown in ads. I don't know if it was the last year that it was made, but it was the last year it was promoted. In 1984, the Space Saver is rebranded as the Close-Up, and this is the last year that old Jacksonville and American Pride fans um, claim to be American-made. Also in 1984, Bethlehem Steel sells their injection and molding division and all remaining fan parts. It is believed that their ceiling fan manufacturing was killed when a mass merchant, a big chain store, made a huge order and then didn't follow through on it. And so they made all these fans for you know a big chain store and then they shipped the order, they didn't pay, or maybe they didn't ship the order. We don't know exactly what happens. This is more rumor than anything. But what I've heard through the grapevine is what killed them manufacturing fans in the U.S. was that some uh, big mass merchant store made a huge order and didn't follow through one way or the other. So they sell off all their fans, parts, and uh, machining to make fans. That's 1984. Uh, in 1985, old Jacksonville fans are on closeout, obviously, and they're typically sold alongside the Ellington and the old Galveston. So that's something I'm going to have to research. I assume the Ellington is Litex. I don't know about old Galveston. Both are imported fans, but they're always sold alongside old Jacksonville. So that's something I'm going to have to look into. It's the last mention of American Pride, of course, in 1985. All the pictures in 1985 are of American-made fans, but... The fans that were made in 1985 were not American-made. They started importing fans for one year only in 1985. So if you have an imported old Jacksonville fan from the 80s, it is from 1985. It is one year only. I believe those came from Halsey. I didn't look too deeply into that because that's not really what the video is about. So in 1986... Cousin Incorporated, which is the same thing as Nichols Cousin, is sold off and liquidated. That means rather than selling off the company as a whole, they sell off the parts. It'd be like parting out a fan and selling the blade arm separately, the blade separately, the motor separately, etc., instead of selling the whole fan when they say it's liquidated. So the following trademarks are still belonging to Nichols Cousin, Bethlehem Steel, etc., until either 1989 or 1990. American Pride, American Pride Ceiling Fans, Great American Ceiling Fans, Old Jacksonville, and the Five Blader. 
All of those trademarks are still licensed and registered until either 89 or 90. Uh, we'll, just in a second, we'll explain why I mentioned that. In 1987, the last Kuzin manufacturing plant is sold. Again, keep in mind what they did when they liquidated Nichols Kuzin. They sold off every plant separately, all the machining separately, all the inventory separately, etc. So it all went to different places. And the reason I mention those trademarks is because in 1993, Old Jacksonville is trademarked anew by the U.S. Ceiling Fan Corp slash Gulf Coast Fan and Light, which is just an importer of ceiling fans, and it's renewed in 2009. So if you find any sort of Gulf Coast fan, or not, excuse me, any sort of old Jacksonville um, fans or documentation or literature or anything like that uh, after 1993, it is an unrelated company that just saw the trademark as abandoned and used it. So we're going to go back in time again because... I think most of you probably know that that is not where our story ends. In 1981, Benjamin Wepner, head of the Glarban division of Mark IV Industries. Glarban makes aviation parts. Mark IV makes automotive parts. This is a uh, you know rather big company that makes parts, and he's an engineer. Um, so Benjamin Wepner, head of blah, 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 begins installing ceiling fans on the side to pay for his son's college expenses. That's 1981. In 1982, Buffalo Fan Company was founded by Ben Wepner and family in Buffalo, New York. They are making fans out of their basement. In 1981, they were installing fans. And in 1982, Ben Wepner, is, he's an engineer and an inventor, and he believes he can make a better fan than what he was buying and selling for his customers. I will add, I have no idea what sort of fans he was making and installing in 1982 and 1983. I've never seen such a thing. I would love to see such a thing, especially since he claims that it was better than what he could buy elsewhere. So I'd love to find one or see one, but I've, I've never seen a Buffalo Fan Company fan from 82 or 83. <clears throat> but things change in 1984. In 1984, Buffalo Fan Company buys out the injection molding machines and all the remaining all the remaining motors and parts from Bethlehem Steel. Ben Wepner and his sons rent a U-Haul and drive to Texas and load up the U-Haul with everything from Nichols Kuzin that they can buy. And the most important thing that they get is the injection molding machines, because now they can make their own plastic housings that are going to be identical to the plastic housings that Nichols Kuzin sold. That's 1984. In 1984, Wepner Enterprises is incorporated in Buffalo, New York, and that's they're doing business as the Buffalo Fan Company, but they're incorporated as Wepner Enterprises. In 1986, Wepner Enterprises, aka the Buffalo Fan Company, acqu acquires the inventories of other fan companies that have gone out of business. And that's why, if you see some Buffalo Fan Company fans, they have parts that look like they came from a whole bunch of different fan companies, because they did. After their first successful excursion buying a liquidated fan company. Uh, uh, ben Wepner and his family continued to do that. They looked for fan companies that were going out of business. They said, we'll buy all your leftover parts and machines and you know motors and whatever you got. And they made their own fans from that. I'm still trying to track down exactly where the rest of those parts came from. Again, the running theory is American Industries, but that's not been confirmed. Uh, American Industries is just too common of a name. So we'll cover that in another video. But that is 1986. By 1989, Buffalo Fan, Company, Buffalo Fan Company has the following models. The Bison, the Park Lane, the Niag Niagara, the Blizzard, and the Buffalo Nickel. 
I've the only one I, I know by name that I've seen is the Buffalo Nickel. I've seen a few of those. I can't tell you what they all looked like. The Buffalo Nickel basically looked like a fancy K55 type Emperor, but on the side of the housing, instead of the standard Emperor pattern, it had a nickel. You know, several nickels, really. And you can see those in the Tradewinds catalog. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, the only other model I've seen of theirs is the one that looks like the old Jacksonville with the builder vents. Uh, I don't know what model name that was. We could probably figure that out pretty easily. But they had several models, and I'd like to see all of them. Hopefully I will someday. But again, the Bison, the Park Lane, the Niagara, the Blizzard, and the Buffalo Nickel. Also in 1989, Buffalo Nickel Fan Company appears on The Price is Right. So if you are a Price is Right fan, I know I have at least two people that watch my channel and watch old episodes of The Price is Right and will occasionally send in clips of uh, ceiling fans on The Price is Right. Look in 1989 for the Buffalo Fan Company, uh, and let's see what model shows up on there. I would love to see that. Also, in 1989, Niagara Technology Laboratories is founded by a former IBM executive, Frank W. Keeney. He develops an IntelliTouch type control that's designed to operate multiple fans at once. So it's similar to IntelliTouch in that it is a wall-mounted control that, you know, smart controls your fan. I believe it used... Uh, signals through the AC wiring. I'm not sure about that. I could look at the patents. Um, but the big difference is you can control as one up to, I think, 99 fans with the same control, which is not something you could do with IntelliTouch. Uh, and that was uh, developed by Niagara Technology Laboratories. In 1990, Buffalo Ceiling Fan Corp. is incorporated, separate from Wepner Enterprises, and we'll see why in a second. In 1991, Tradewinds Fan Company is founded by Frank W. Keeney, who again founded Niagara Technology Laboratories. He was an IBM executive, and he designed a fan control. So it makes sense that he would go into the fan business. And in order to start his fan company, Tradewinds Fan Company, he buys out the Buffalo Fan Company, including he buys the rights to their designs, and he also buys all their staff. So the Wepner family come and work for Tradewinds. In 1992, Rand Capital, a venture capital group, invests in Tradewinds. I think if we've learned anything about the ceiling fan industry is that it's when venture capital groups show up, it's never a good thing. In 1993, Tradewinds gets a loan to expand business. In 1994, North Coast Electronics acquires the assets of the Tradewinds fan company. North Coast had previously been an investor in Tradewinds. So basically, they were one of the investors in the company, and they were like, well, we don't like what we're seeing, so we're pulling it in. We own you now. And, uh, you know, I'm not a business major. I can't explain the details of how that happens, but that's what happened. In 1994, Wepner Enterprises is dissolved. And again, they were not, that was separate from Tradewinds, because that's why he incorporated Buffalo Fan Company separately, so he could sell that off and keep Wepner Enterprises. And by 1997, North Coast is dissolved. So, we have seen the same fans go through several incarnations. Uh, one thing I didn't realize is how significant the Buffalo Fan Company was and how early they started. There's a whole lot of fans out there by the Buffalo Fan Company that I haven't seen and I want to see. Hopefully I'll get a chance to see them. Uh, in the meantime, I have learned a lot. I have really enjoyed digging into this. I learned so much that I didn't even know was out there. I hope you have enjoyed it too. If you have enjoyed it, if you have learned something, please like, comment, and subscribe. Again, we are on all major podcasting platforms, so subscribe there as well. Once again, big shout out to our sponsor and a reminder to always 
Bye, fan stick. Thanks for watching.